0: Hi, I'm George Stalker, and this is Last Week in .NET for the week ending December 12th, 2020. .NET 5.0.1 has been released. Lots of bug fixes and performance improvements with this one, with a focus on Entity Framework core. If you use Entity Framework, take note. There's a remote code execution vulnerability in Microsoft Teams that was apparently patched in October 2020. Now, this GitHub repository includes commentary, and videos on the remote code execution itself. The important point here, besides, of course, it being patched, is that, according to Microsoft, this is not a very dangerous RCE. But from the outside looking in, a zero-click, wormable, cross-platform remote code execution vulnerability seems pretty dangerous. The problem with bug bounties and patching systems is that the incentive is to give out as little money as possible if you're the vendor. And once the vendor is aware of the bug, the leverage is gone. You couple that with a legal fragility of saying, I have a way of hacking into your systems. You can see how you can have a recipe for disaster. Microsoft's ASP.NET community standup covers material design with Blazor, which continues the tradition of tech parroting tech. Alternate runtime that compiles to JavaScript? Check. Design library that mimics a flat design? Check. All we're missing is a realization that in five years, material design may design worse, not better, as we relegate all flat design to the dustbin of bad decisions, where it belongs. Did you know that Microsoft has its own TV station devoted to .NET? Now the Zoomers are probably asking, what's a TV station? But for the rest of us, .NET Live is effectively a TV station devoted to, well, .NET. This is (laughs) precisely as exciting as it sounds, and that excitement is why you should subscribe to my newsletter. Scott Hanselman reminds us, if you're using .NET Core, you can generate a gitignore file in one command using .NET New gitignore. And that gitignore file is already going to be set up for working in .NET. This is a pretty neat development, and I am here for it. JetBrains tells you how to make the most of init-only properties and records with ReSharper 2020.3 and C Sharp 9. Now, ReSharper remains one of the fastest ways to improve your productivity in Visual Studio. Now, even, even with Visual Studio 2019, which has come a long way in refactorings, ReSharper still beats the out-of-the-box experience, hands down. There are cryptography improvements in .NET 5. Now, for the five of you that care about this, you probably already know about this. So really, the only thing I can say is, don't roll your own crypto. And, don't trust some random blog post on the internet on crypto. So let's ignore for a second that I just recommended a random blog post on crypto. In all seriousness, though, if your code even comes within 50 feet of dealing with cryptography... Hire somebody who knows what they're doing, please. If you use Blazor, there's a library that claims to have somewhere between 0 to 1000x faster API responses on server-side with caching and automatic dependency tracking abstractions. Yes, 0 to 1000x. That's quite the range. This is one of those situations where I'm thinking, okay, this could be or I'd love to interview the developer of this to get a better understanding of what's going on. So if you run the stl.fusion project, or you know who does, could you uh, make me an introduction? GitHub Universe took place last week, and there are lots of on-demand sessions available for your perusal. Oh, and uh, GitHub, if you could drop ice as a contract, please. All the best, me. CSLA 5.4.0.4.net5 has been released. Now, I don't have any idea what this does either, but according to the project page, CSLA is a way to build a reusable, maintainable, object-oriented business layer for your app. This framework reduces the cost of building and maintaining applications. So it's promising what every framework promises. Speaking of frameworks, InferSharp for .NET has been released. This library does intra-procedural memory safety analysis for C-sharp. And if you know what that means, you probably know whether this is good for you or not. It's a .NET version of the Infer static analyzer, and I have no clue how it differs from FXCOP or other static analyzer tools for .NET. If you do, let me know on Twitter at Gortok. That's G-O-R-T-O-K. There's a new site out that lets you know what blocks to follow, no matter what your tech stack is. Now Rust developers have a way to remind you that they use Rust. This site was built by Monica Lent, at Monica Lent on Twitter, and it's pretty freaking awesome. Now, hat tip to Stephanie Murillo for the link. Claire Novotny shows you how to create NuGet packages that can use source link. A source link seems to be what source symbols used to be for the 21st century. Instead of an esoteric way of downloading symbols and the nightmare that ensued, you can now point your NuGet packages to your public source repository, allowing developers to browse your source code without using that god-awful Visual Studio dialogue to do so. This is a giant win. Microsoft Edge version 89 has been released to the developer channel, And I promise not to make any edge jokes. I'm coming so close to doing it, but I won't do it. It's really hard not to, though. Try Convert 0.7160902 Preview has been released. This project tries to convert .NET Framework projects to .NET Core. This is also a Microsoft-based project that, for once, has no support from Microsoft whatsoever. I consider this an especially good omen. Dave A. Brock talks about the root-to-code feature available in ASP.NET MVC core on .NET 5. One day, MVC will figure out what sort of framework it wants to be when it grows up. For my part, I would be happy with as few files with code in them as possible. That's all I want out of an MVC framework, to make it dead-ass simple to produce a CRUD web app. That's it. Maybe uh, call it uh, C on Rails? There's a blog post from Microsoft detailing what's new in Windows Forms in .NET 5. And if you think about it, Windows Forms is lucky to be included in .NET 5. Don't get me wrong, I'm glad it's there. But it could have just as easily received the Web Forms treatment in .NET 5. It probably would have if Microsoft's desktop application strategy wasn't so, well, schizophrenic. .NET development on Apple's M1 Silicon is almost there. This is according to a blog post from JetBrains. With the exception of Docker working, which is a pretty big stumbling block to my own designs on picking up a new MacBook Pro, and some goofiness, it seems to work, as long as you don't want debugger support. There's a working group assigned to address ecosystem growth for .NET from the .NET Foundation which means they want to make the open-source contributor ecosystem for .NET better. Claire Novotny, the executive director of the .NET Foundation, mentions that you too can participate, but as of this release time, she hasn't gotten back to me on how people would participate in this working group or what type of participation would be the most useful. Windows 10 Insider Preview Build 21.277 is now available. Now, included is the ability to emulate X64 applications on ARM-based Windows devices, you know, like the Surface. Now, there are lots of new emojis and fixes you probably wouldn't even care about if we didn't include new emojis in this release. Napoleon Bonaparte once said, Man will fight to the death for a colored bit of cloth. And I think that's a pretty good summation of our relationship to emojis in 2020. Zach Bowden shows a screenshot. Reportedly, to be of the new Microsoft Word UI. It's rounder, it's less cluttered, and it still includes icons people never use in prime real estate space. Two out of three ain't bad. And lastly, ReSharper 2020.3 has been released, and it includes profiling analysis of .NET 5 applications and lots of other features that look cool, but I can't tell them apart by name because, well, naming is hard. And that's what happened last week in .NET. I'm George Stocker, and when I'm not helping teams migrate to distributed systems, which, let's be clear, that's a bad idea for most teams, I'm working with them to double their productivity through test-driven development. That is much less boring than it sounds, and it allows teams to focus on features without getting bogged down in regression bugs. Reach out at www.doubleyourproductivity.io.